Okay. All right. <clears throat> Last week, Art told you that uh, <laughs> that in any level of any organization, uh, there's good advice and bad advice. There's some people that are uh, politicians, <laughs> and and uh, that's not just in the political world, but even in businesses and so forth. You have uh, people who are trying to influence. So we see a lot of that today in our lesson. And uh, David had, according to what we can find in Scripture, David had 20 children that were named in Scripture with eight different wives. Well, seven. Uh, Micah didn't have any children. But when you bought outside of being listed as uh, a child of David, there's not but about four that we hear mentioned uh, in Scripture. Um, Amon, which we, we'll talk about a little bit. Absalom. Absalom takes over right now from chapter uh, 13 through chapter 18 is all about Absalom his son and then we have Solomon which we hear more about as we go into kings which we're not going there now totally and then we have the only girl that's mentioned is Tamar now real quickly we're going to find out that Absalom had three children and one daughter and he named his daughter Tamar not to be confused with Absalom's sister and that's part of the part of the thing in Scripture we see that so and so is the son of so and so, and to kind of keep the continuity right because there's so many uh, names that are the same. Um, Belt and I, in our daily reading, we uh, we let we let the reader read. We're we're using the U version of the Bible and that that app, and we're using. Uh, um, I forgot what the other is but anyway he reads and we're in Chronicles now in part of our reading and he goes through this list of names and the genealogy and I'm so grateful because my tongue won't, <laughs> won't, won't do that won't pronounce these people but uh, it's, it's, it's great so we hear we hear about four of David's children are really mentioned in Scripture, and the rest of them we don't know anything about. So let's start looking at something Art did last week when he was talking about Absalom and Tamar on chapter 13. Let's look at, um, at verse 28 uh, of chapter 13, and then we go into chapter 14. Um, verse 28 of chapter 13 Absalom commanded his servants, saying, uh, See now, when Ammon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say to you, Strike Ammon, put him to death. Uh, do not fear. I have not I myself commanded you. Be courageous and valiant. Uh, the servants of Absalom did as Ammon, just as Abs uh, Absalom had commanded. Then all of the king's sons arose and each mounted his mule. We don't know how many of these king's sons were. 
Like I said, we have, we have about 20 mentioned in Scripture, but ever how many they were, um, they, they got on their mules. And that struck, strikes me funny. It looks like they'd get on a horse. But anyway, they got on their mules and, and left. All right, and uh, uh, verse 30. Uh, now it was while they were on their way, the report came to David, said, Absalom has struck down all the king's sons, and not one of them is left. Skip down to verse 32. Uh, Jonadab, the son of so forth, David's brother responded, Do not let my Lord suppose that they put to death any, uh, excuse me, put to death all the young men, the king's sons, for Ammon alone is dead. And <clears throat> so... This was a revenge thing from Ab- Absalom, who was uh, uh, Tamar's brother, uh, full brother. And, and, of course, you know the story. Amon uh, lusted after his daughter and raped her. So that's that. Now, <clears throat> verse 37. Now, Absalom fled and went to Talma, um, and David mourned for his son every day. So Absalom fled and had gone to Geshur, and he was there for three years. The heart of David, of King David, longed to go out to Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Ammon since he was dead. Now, this story, if your Bible is like mine, it has a little thing up there that says, The Woman of Tekoa. Uh, this is a bizarre story, but it it's, comes back to this people of influence and people are trying to to make the system work for them so 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 to speak so in verse chapter 14 verse 1 now Joab who was a general of of his uh, king David's army um, perceived that the king's heart was inclined toward Absalom that he he loved him you know and he he wanted he wanted to so Joab sent to Tekoa and brought a wise man, uh, woman from there and said, Please pretend to be a mourner and put on mourning garments now. Uh, and, uh, and, and do not anoint yourself with oil, but be like a woman who has been mourning for many days. Uh, <clears throat> Warren Wiersbe says he found a lady that was a good speaker and a wonderful actor. <laughs> so, but she did. She, she, she did what it says here, uh, verse four, um, and she, uh, she, she did what verse three. I'm sorry. So Joab put the words in her mouth. So what Joab wanted her to say, she said, and she went through this long story about <clears throat> two, two, two boys. Verse seven. Now behold, the whole family has risen against your manservant. And said, hand over the one who has struck his brother, that we may put him to death for the life of the brother whom he killed, and destroy the heir also. Thus they will extinguish my coal which is left, as, so as to leave my husband neither name or remnant on the face of the earth. So we have a Cain and Abel thing here, but <clears throat> it, it's, it was to have an offspring in Israel from a man was a very important thing and they, they looked into that and she says there's this group of people that want to kill 
my other brother, my other son, because he killed one of my sons, and if you do so, my husband won't have any heir. And so um, uh, this was basically the whole premise. And so he speaks to the, the Lord, and David says, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. And he comes down to verse uh, 17. Then your maidservant said, Please let your word of my Lord the king be comforting, for the angel of God so is my Lord the king to concern evil, good, and evil. And may the Lord your God be with you. Then the king answered and said to him, Woman, please do not hide anything from me that I am about to say to you, but speak uh, and say, and he, she said, let the Lord speak, the king speak. Verse 19, so the king said, is the hope, is the hand of Joab in this? Did Joab tell you to tell me this? And she says, indeed he did. <laughs> he says, he puts the words in my mouth. Uh, verse 20, in order to change the appearance of things, your servant Joab has done this thing, but my Lord is wise, like the wisdom of the angel of God, to know all that is in the earth. <clears throat> so verse 21, Then the king said to Joab, Go bring Absalom back. You see, we had heard that he's been where he was for three years, uh, and he says, Bring him back. Now, he just killed his brother. He'd gone into hiding. Uh, David was upset with him but he loved him and he says go bring him back verse 23 Joab rose and went to Gasher and brought Absalom to J Jerusalem however the king said let him turn to his own house and let him not see my face so Absalom turned to his own house and did not see the king's face now in all Israel no one was as handsome as Absalom so highly praised that the sole of his feet to the crown of his head, there was no defect in him. When he cut his hair of his head, and it was at the end of every year that he had a haircut, for it was heavy on him when he cut it, it weighed, his hair weighed 200 shekels. That's five pounds. That's, so his hair weighed five pounds when they cut it off. Now why that detail was in there, You'll have to ask the Lord you know, <laughs> why that is it. So, verse 27. To Absalom there were born three sons and one daughter, uh, whose name, the daughter's name was Tamar, and she was a woman of beautiful appearance. Uh, Dr. Wiersbe says again that he probably, his sister was so beautiful, so he, made, he named his daughter. And that's Dr. Wiersbe's conjecture, of course, and that very well may be correct. Verse 28, now Absalom lived two years in Jerusalem and did not see the king's face. So <clears throat> David, Joab get, got this big thing going to bring Absalom back. And the king says, okay, bring him back, but send him to his, to his house. Uh, and he didn't see him. And then for two years, he was at his own house. Um, and then uh, Absalom verse, uh, let me see. Uh, There's a bizarre story here to answer your email. He said, uh, verse 30, uh, 
verse 29, Absalom sent for Joab to send, him, to send him to the king, but he would not come. So he sent him again the second time. He sent him an email, and then he sent him another email. He said, but he would not come. Therefore, he said to his servants, Joab's field is next to mine. He has barley there. Go set him on fire so I can get his attention. And that's exactly what he did. When, when, when he set it on fire, then Joab went to him. And uh, Joab, verse 31, he arose and came to Absalom on his house and said, Why have your servants set my field on fire? And verse 32, Behold, I've sent for you to come that I may send you to the king. Uh, why have I come from Gesher? It was better me, for me to stay where I was. So verse 33, so when Joab came to the king and told, he called, he called for Absalom. Thus he came to the king. The king prostrated himself on the face of the ground, and therefore the king uh, kissed Absalom. Now Dr. Wiersbe says that although David was glad to see him, the <coughs> following text tells us that there was no remorse on on Absalom's part on about what what he had done or how he had had um, damaged the reputation of the family and and all but if you stop and think a minute when he killed Uriah the Hittite and when David stuck his finger uh, Nathan stuck his finger in his face and he told him he says you are the man and you're going to pay for it and this is part of David's uh paying for the sins that he did uh, don't think about that too much because it'll scare you to death anyway chapter 15 now it came about this time that Absalom provided for himself a chariot horses 50 men as runners before him Absalom used to rise early and stand by the way of the gate with any man uh, had a suit to come before the king in judgment, Absalom would call to him and said, From what city are you? And he would say, Your servant is from the tribes of Israel. Verse 3, Then Absalom would say to him, See, your claims are good and right, but no man listens to you on the part of the king. Absalom saw um, uh, a niche or a, in the armor, so to speak, or a problem that that there was nobody at the king's at the gate to solve these problems from the king's perspective so he said I'll go there and he he was a smoozer <laughs> and he went there and he 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 um he started uh being there at the king's gate and then all of a sudden word spread and said Absalom take care of you you know Absalom take care of you and he built up this little coalition, as we would call it today, of these people who, who were for Absalom and against David. And uh, so let's pick up now in, uh, in uh, verse, um, uh, verse 6. In this manner, Absalom dealt with all Israel who came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole away the hearts of the men of Israel. Now it came about at the end of 40 years that Absalom said to the king, <clears throat> all right, let me stop. What have you got in your text 
when, it's sitting, when I said at the end of 40 years? What have y'all got? Four. Four is probably correct. We've talked before about it. I'm reading from the New American Standard, and the New American Standard has one of their texts is a Hebrew Bible, and the Hebrew Bible says 40, and so that's what they put in here, but the proper thing is four. So it came about at the end of four years that Absalom said to the king, please let me go and pay my vow that I have to the Lord in Hebron. Um, so the king in verse 9 said, go in peace, and he went. But Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, as soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, you say that Absalom is king in Hebron. According to Dr. Wiersbe, he was about 60 years old at this time. David was about 60 years old. He lived to be about 70, and we'll see that in a little bit. So he, in today's standards, he wasn't a very old man, you know. And, but uh, here they were already plotting to who was going to be the next king, and Absalom was was kind of uh, taking the authority. Now, Ammon, who was the firstborn, should have been the heir to the throne, the way the Israelis do it, that the firstborn male is heir to whatever, you know. Uh, now, in, in Jacob's place, the firstborn was Reuben. Reuben messed up when he had relations with one of, of Jacob's wives. And at the, in chapter 49 of, of, of Genesis, uh, he supplants uh, uh, Reuben and, and gave his birthright to Joseph which is Manasseh and Ephraim. But that's, that's another story. But Ammon was to be the heir apparent. Absalom killed him. So the next one was a guy we don't even hear in Scripture outside that he was born. He was Abigail's son, C-H-I-L-E-A-B. And then Absalom was the third in command. So for whatever reason, Absalom was kind of usurping his authority or moving on in and he says I want to be king of Israel and he was playing all these plots uh, to get to that point to get to that point uh, <clears throat> so um, in 11, chapter 11 200 men were with Absalom from Jerusalem and who were invited went innocently they did not know anything then we have this guy Ahithophel Hithophel, uh, y'all help me pronounce in verse 12, H-I-T-H-O-P-H-E-L. Uh, and he said he was David's counselor. And he says, while he was offering sacrifices, the conspiracy was strong for the people increased continually in Absalom. So much so that the next verse we have here in verse 13, and a messenger came to David saying, the hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. So, so uh, David said to his servants, verse 14, uh, who are in Jerusalem, arise, let us flee. Uh, none of us will escape from Absalom. And then <clears throat> verses uh, uh, 15, and the king's servant said to the king, behold, your servants are ready to do whatever my lord 
the king wants. So the king went out of his household with him, but he left ten concubines to keep his house. And uh, then there's another little story here. But in verse 22, he says, Let us pass over and go to the country. And he went he went weeping. Uh, while all the country was weeping aloud, all the people passed over. The king passed over the brook Kidron, and all the people um, passed toward the way of the wilderness. Now, in the process of all these people going out, Zadok the priest and Abiathar the priest said, well, we need to take the Ark of the Covenant with us. We need to take the Ark with us. And so we have this little interlude in verses 24 through 29 where, where they left to take the Ark with them when they, David was leaving, was leaving uh, uh, town. And yet uh, the king told him, he says, uh, don't do that. Uh, verse uh, 25, the king said to Zadok, return the ark of God to the city. If I find favor in my sight with the Lord, he will bring me back and show me it, both it and his habitation. So, so they did. They, they, they took it back. And then <clears throat> verses um, uh, 28, see I'm going to wait at the forwards in the wilderness until word comes uh, for you to inform me. Therefore, Zadok and Abiathar returned the ark of God to Jerusalem and made and named there. Not only did they stay there, they were David's eyes and ears on what was going on in Jerusalem. And he says, you send word to me, you know, if whatever you hear and see. <laughs> so in this day and time, you can play that out any way you want to play it, but Basically, it's the same politicians and the same people that are trying to, to jockey in position and so forth. So in verse 30, And David went up to the ascent of the Mount of Olives and wept as he went, and his, his uh, head was covered, and he walked barefooted, and all the people with him, each covering his head, and he went up weeping as they went. So uh, verse 31, Somebody sold it to David. Now this um, this guy, <laughs> Ahithophel, was his his uh, his advisor. He says he's among the conspirators for Absalom. And O oh Lord, I pray that the counsel of Ahithophel is foolish. And it comes out that it is. And he said it happened as David was coming to the scent the the summit where God was worshipped because uh, he uh, Husi and Archad met him uh, his coat was torn and dust was on his head and David said if you pass over with me then you will be a burden to me but return to the city and I will be your servant so verse 35 are not Zadok and I Abathar the priest there with you so it shall be that whatever you hear from the king's house, you shall report it to them. Uh, so they did. So <clears throat> we go into chapter 16, and we have this in little interlude about uh, Zebia, uh, the servant of Mephibosheth, which was uh, Jonathan's uh, son, Saul's grandson, and uh, he was in the mix. He was going out too. 
and he said uh, he said why why are you coming out he said well I've got 200 loaves of bread and 100 clusters of raisins and 100 summer fruit and a jug of wine and uh, he had some donkeys and he said well this is this is all for it and then verse 3 as we went through this before um, he's he uh, today the house of Israel will be, will be uh, restored to the kingdom of my father uh, that's what he thought which was a lie okay verse 5 then king David came to Barum uh, behold there came out there a man of the family of the house of Saul his name was S-H-I-M-E-L and he came out cursing continually as he came he threw stones at David and all the king's servants and all the people and all these mighty men and was at his right hand uh, and then uh, verse 7 he went and he cursed get get out of uh, here uh, you man of bloodshed and worthless fellow the Lord will return uh, you to the bloodshed of the house of Saul and he went on this rant uh, this whole thing and so uh, some of the the people with David says verse 9 it says should you let this dog curse my lord the king uh, let me go now and cut off his head and basically David said no leave him alone he's he just running his mouth and he said uh, uh, it'll be alright verse 12 perhaps the lord will look on my affliction as good to me and in and instead of his cursing this day well um, we know that from scripture that David lived about 10 more years past this <laughs> but there's some things you don't forget some things you don't forget turn turn with me if you will to um, <clears throat> to first kings First Kings. Chapter two. And this is when David had had appointed Solomon as to be king. Verse 4, he says, And the Lord may carry out his promise which he spoke concerning me. Uh, if your sons are careful to walk in their ways and walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, you shall not like a man to sit on the throne of Israel. Paragraph, verse 5. Now David is saying to his son, who is now king, uh, You know what Joab did to me. Joab was, Joab was uh, his his officer, his general, but he 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 usurped a lot of authority, and he was not on David's side in everything. So in verse six he says, "Go act according to your wisdom, and do not let his gray hair go down in peace." And we have over in verse twenty-eight where he was killed. Not on, on, only that, on verse, uh, he, he also said in verse 8, Behold, S-H-I-M-E-L, you know, 10 years ago, this guy 
cursed at me. It's a violent curse. Uh, when he came down to me at the Jordan, I swore to him by the, the Lord saying, I will not put you to death with a sword. So David's being, uh, he's being a good attorney here. He said, I told you, I wouldn't put him to death with a sword. But he told Solomon, take care of him. <laughs> Basically. Look all over in chapter, uh, the same chapter, verse 36. Now the king sent for him. And he said, build for you a house in Jerusalem and live there in peace. And you may, uh, but do not go out from there. Don't go there. So he stayed there. But he, he, some of his servants left. And in verse 39, but it came at the end of three years that his servants ran away. Then he got on his saddle on his donkey and went to find them. But, verse 46, he killed him. He killed him because he left the house. He told him not to live, let, leave. So, you know, David, even though he wasn't king, he was in his last stages, he was getting back at some of these things that had gone on 10 years before. That's scripture. You know, I can't argue with it or or what it is, but it's uh, it's 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 where they are at, at this point in time. So, um, let's see now. Where was I when I chased that rabbit? Yeah, we're back in. Go back to Second Samuel sixteen now. Uh, Verse 15, when Absalom and all the people of Israel entered Jerusalem, uh, it came at Hushi, uh, David's friend, uh, that Absalom said, long live the king and long live the king. And uh, verse 17, is this your loyal, are you loyalty to your friend? Why did you not go with your friend? You know, why didn't you go with David? And he said, no, for whom the Lord and his people and all the men of Israel have chosen, his, he, he and I will be and will remain. Besides whom sh should I serve? Should I not serve the, the presence of his son as I have served in your father's presence and will be in your presence? So he's basically saying, I was an advisor to your dad and I'm going to be advisor to you. But that didn't, that didn't happen. Then we have, in chapter 17, we have more of the same of the warning from, from uh, Hushi. And in chapter 18, we have the war where, where Absalom was slain. And then David really, really uh, never got over Absalom's death. Um, Part of the thing with Joab was that Joab had Absalom killed. We'll get to that in another in another lesson. Well, I'm sure you got some questions. I hope you do, and <laughs> not that I can answer them. But but we're gonna stop at chapter 17, and we'll pick up here next week and see see what we can uh, find out with uh, the rest of Absalom 
And uh, like I said, we're quickly going uh, through the book, and there's not a lot of other content in here. Uh, that uh, chapter 22 is probably the best. It's a it's a long prayer that uh, that David prays the last one. And he's uh, he writes, and then we uh, wind up the book of uh, of uh, Samuel with chapter 24. And we're not going in, into Kings, but if you went into Kings, you would see where Solomon takes place, and maybe we'll get to that another time in another place, Lord willing. All right, give me questions. Go back and read what I've stumbled through. It's true, Ben. And uh, I had such a good daddy, and yet I've had people that were in this class. The one I'm thinking about is not here now. He's going to be with the Lord, who had a hard time with Father's Day uh, because of uh, the dad he had. So I hope you had a good daddy and you remember the good things. Uh, and as Ben said, it's a it's a kind of a tough job. Okay. You're gonna get some time back today. We'll we'll take it away from you later on. Uh, do you see where I'm I'm coming from? It's hard to it's hard to bring some stuff from from some of these Old Testament scriptures that that are really that we can <laughs> can go really down in today. Now, the first part of First Samuel, there was some tremendous stuff in there about the uh, the disobedience of Saul and uh, about being true to the Lord. And and one of my favorite verses is there. You know, why didn't you do what I told you to do? And Saul said, well, I did. And he said, no, what is that sheep I hear bleeding in my ear? He said, to obey is better than sacrifice. And Pastor Bobby has preached that to us, that the obedience that the Lord requires is obedience. And it's better than anything we could think of obedience. And I apply it to our children. You know, what did we want our children to do was simply obey us. The more they obeyed us, the more freedom we gave them, you know. Um, and I'm grateful that Art and his brother were not, were not hard on us. Uh, we, had a, we had a good, good growing up. But, uh, so that was, that was good. Well, let's pray and go ahead. That also shows how long we can hold a memory. Yeah. And a grudge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I... The little thing that we've said, we've said it many times before, you know, the little line, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie straight from hell because <laughs> sticks and stones will get well, but words you never, ever forget sometimes. And that's, uh, if, I could, if I could talk to a young couple's class or people who are fixing to get married, I would tell the men, you know, uh, be careful what you say because uh, it's remembered a long, 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 long time ago. You know, you said this. 
so. Let's ceases to amaze me that uh, God labeled David a man after his own heart. Absolutely. I mean, this adulterer, this murderer, uh, this guy uh, killed people in cold blood more than we can imagine. That's right. Dysfunctional father. Uh, so many things about David, and yet God, in His grace, labels him a man after my heart. Yeah. And, of course, David, you know, when Nathan struck his finger in his face, he he said, I've sinned, I messed up, you know. And as we looked at Psalms 32 and Psalms 51, you know, we see that his repentant heart, but he was a man of the flesh, right? Art? It just made me think, you know, thinking about uh, David's reign as it's wrapping up, but, you know, he was, Respected and he was uh, decisive, whether you agreed with him or not, and, and he was a, kind of a take charge kind of person. Uh, even in his deathbed, he was you know keeping accounts and that sort of thing. I think this might have been why it was so strange, you know, when Jesus came on the scene and, and the the Jews were looking for a Messiah in the in the appearance of David and who was going to take over David's throne. Um, that is not at all what Jesus. Acted like right, and uh, we know he, he wasn't considered especially handsome. He wasn't one to, you know, to be confrontational necessarily, except perhaps with the Pharisees. Um, and it was really not at all what the Jews were expecting. And I think that's just been the, the craziness of, of Christianity is that it's really not like any other religions. It's it's just really different. Yeah. And as we've pointed out many times before, you know, we're in a minority, and we, we always have been, and we always will be. And especially in this day and time, you know, we're, uh, uh, you expect to be persecuted, and Jesus said that, you know. Uh, they did it to me, and they're going to do it to you, you know. Well, thank you for being here and with my stumbling and with the words and so forth, and we'll... we'll We'll continue on next week, and then Art will straighten me out in another couple of weeks. So. <laughs> Father, Lord, we thank you. I thank you for these sweet people who love you. We ask you to continue to bless each one. We could go by every chair, and every chair would have a heart cry. And I ask, Lord, that you would deal and be with them and answer their prayer and uh, heal their hurts and their longings. And Father, we thank you that you are a good daddy, that you know us, and that you love us, and that you want the very, very best for us. And for that, we thank you. So bless us as we go into further service, and we'll give you the praise. And give us a good week in Jesus, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.